Hello everyone, it's me, your boy Dean. I'm here to give you this piping hot tea. Um, I've been avoiding talking about this topic because I'm tired of people in the media discussing it. But you know what, there's just some very things that I've just noticed and I just had to get this off my chest. So this podcast is about the ongoing saga of Prince Harry you know, discussing all his personal problems with the media, with the book and his Netflix show with his wife, Meghan Markle. So, you know, for the past three years, it's been nothing but just an ongoing, you know, mess of just drama with Prince Harry and Meghan and William and Kate and Charles and the the Queen who died last year. Um, You know, it's just been nothing but just ongoing sagas. You know, um, um, Harry and Meghan just did a Netflix um, documentary and a lot of people watched it. But even though it was it was widely watched, a lot of people criticized it, although some people came to Meghan's defense, but a lot of people criticized it. Now, Prince Harry done released this book called Spare. And, you know, it's so very well. I think it's like the best selling um, nonfiction book in the UK, but again, a lot of people are criticizing it because some of the stuff does not make sense. So I'm gonna play you all some clips. Um, some of this is coming from Sky News Australia, and some of this is coming from um, the everyone's favorite conservative, Candace Owens, because you know she says some very interesting things about Prince Harry. So here you go. Right yesterday, already broken the UK record for the fastest-selling non-fiction book. But Harry isn't satisfied yet. He's still on the press circuit, sitting down with Stephen Colbert over shots of tequila, saying once again that the media is spinning lies about him. Without doubt, the most dangerous lie that they have told is that I somehow boasted about the number of people that I killed in Afghanistan. My words are not dangerous, but the spin of my words are very dangerous. Dangerous because it makes you a increased target, those those around you that you love. That is a choice they've made. But actually, he was quite boastful. I've seen the page, but yet again, he's trying to rewrite the past. He's trying to blame us for his mistakes. Harry wrote that others couldn't count how many kills they had. He wrote that his own squadron commander never pulled a trigger. But Harry, of course, knew exactly how many men he killed. He wrote, quote, my number 25. It wasn't a number that gave me any satisfaction, but neither was it a number that made me feel ashamed. Well, it seems he's feeling pretty ashamed now. So ashamed he's had to tell us since he never wrote it that he mentioned his kill number to actually help veterans. My whole goal and my attempt with sharing that detail is to reduce the number of suicides. Joining me now is GB News host and Anglican Deacon Calvin Robinson. Pleasure to have you on the show, Calvin. My pleasure. First of all, thank you for that clarification you made and may the soul of Cardinal Pell rest in peace and may my perpetual shine upon you. Now, uh, how has Britain reacted to the release of the book? I mean, it, as I said before the break, I reckon it's worse than I even thought it could possibly be. 
It's so bad. It's just, I have secondhand embarrassment for Harry actually at this point. You know, the book has already been reduced to half price in most bookstores. Uh, people expected a long queue down the down the road to get in to purchase it on the day. One person turned up at the major bookstore uh, to buy it. It has sold quite well internationally. It has sold quite well online. However, I think people are looking for the juicy gossip. That's never good. This is a book about juicy gossip about the royal family. And that's at the heart of what this is about. This is Harry getting his revenge. This is him taking all of his frustration, all of his childhood trauma. He's taking everything out on what he sees as his family. But he forgets that this is the British monarchy, the British institution. Therefore, he's attacking Britain. He's attacking mm. us as well. And quite a lot of us do feel attacked. Those clips you just showed right there, they show that this is a young man that cannot take any responsibility for any of his own actions, and he sees himself as the hero in everything. Now, I've got the book, and throughout it, he doesn't actually at any point concede any ground on any issue. He doesn't say that he's in the wrong, he doesn't admit responsibility at all. He always finds fault with someone else. And we see there, you know, he talks about how many people he killed in service. Now, I've got members of my family that have served. Not once have they told me how many people they killed in service. It's not something that people do. Uh, many, many servicemen I've interviewed and, and, you know, officers and such, they never discuss how many people they killed in service. It's uncouth and it's wrong. However, he did so. Whether he was bragging or not, he did so. So, of course, he got reported on. And who does he blame? The people that reported on the fact that he is talking about the number of people he killed. Again, it's the hypocrisy of it all that really gets to me. Well, well, he seems when he goes. Sorry, he seems to be like a classic narcissist. And and this excuse, oh well, I I mentioned the number of kills to help veterans. He's been roundly criticised by veterans for having done so, and and people who've been pretty high up in militaries all over the world. Does he actually believe this stuff, or or, or has he perhaps just told himself the lie so many times that in his head it's become the truth? I think, unfortunately, he does believe all this stuff. I think together him and Megan live in their own little bubble, and it's, it's a very strange world. You know, part, in part of the book, he complains about the uh, quarters that he was given, they were given to live in, and how it wasn't very palatial. I'm thinking, how disconnected can you be from the real world that you're complaining your palace wasn't as big as your brother's palace? Most of us don't get to live in a palace, Harry. You know, he goes on to talk about Camilla as, as being dangerous for twisting the press and wanting to control her image of the press. I'm thinking, do you have any self-awareness at all? You literally left the country because you said you wanted privacy from the press. And ever since, you, all you've done is be in the media. You've got a, a television show on Netflix. You've just released a book. Like, you're talking to Stephen Colbert, for goodness sake. All you do is talk to the media and spin your own image. So everything that he accuses of other people of, he's guilty of himself. And this I find quite often uh, the hypocrisy of the hard left. You know, they accuse everyone else of being, you know, hateful and horrible, and they are the ones that are actually hateful. All I've seen from him is abuse, vitriol, and excuses hurled at other people. You know, he calls his, he calls Camilla the, the wicked stepmother. He mm. says she's dangerous. I think it's spiteful. It's petty, and it, it's unbecoming. But if anything, he's not winning people over. I think there's more support for the monarchy now than there has been in many, many years. Yeah. Papers, the, the tabloids, the people. I can, I can only say that, for instance, in, in in the Brisbane papers today, you know, they're running an online poll and 91% of people say they'll never buy the book. They would like to ignore the whole thing, which has kind of been my approach too. But, I mean, the, it's hard to ignore this train smash that's just happening minute after minute of, of every day. But how are the British tabloids reacting to all of it? Well, 
I think what's quite interesting, uh, a lot of the papers talking about the fact that he, he blames the royal family uh, for, for, for casting Meghan aside and, and, and for them leaving. I, I think that's something that he's choked out before. But I thought what most interestingly, which we covered on the front page in today's newspaper, is this issue that he rails back hugely on the fact that he'd, uh, he and Meghan had called the royal family racist. I mean, even if he, he if he accepts that, it is the, is the case that he didn't been that they were racist he could have stepped in at any time within the last two years after the royal family had been absolutely trashed and uh, taken through uh, to the cleaners by an awful lot of people accusing them of racism and uh, and again talks about accountability but he wasn't willing to correct the narrative and i think when you look at it and uh, if that is one of the main issues here then uh, then he really does have a case to answer but as i said Lack of accountability is uh, is is all there to see, and uh, there's very very little introspection in in all these interviews from Harry. You know, Russell, I get really annoyed about this whole idea of racism because I'm very involved uh, with the Royal Commonwealth Society in, in the past, the Commonwealth Parliamentary Association. It's the most culturally, religiously, racially diverse group of of countries. Uh, the royal family is attendant to all of them, uh, without you know, without any hesitation at all. So I find that whole question of racism just total nonsense. I think that's what uh, uh, the feeling was inside the camp, certainly with, uh, within the palace. I mean, it led to the Queen making that unprecedented statement, recollections may vary. Um, and you know, they've, they've really had to fight it because Prince William was asked uh, by reporters, is your family a racist family? Retorting, we're very, not, very much not a racist family. But again, at any time in the last two years, Harry could have stepped in and said, we didn't mean that, we were misquoted perhaps by the, by the media. But uh, I, I think yeah. if you are talking uh, like they did, then uh, they, they, they should have sorted out the issues. And, and two years later, it's, um, it's, it's a, bit too, a bit too long in the tooth. I do think that if she was alive, she would be able to help Prince Harry realize that he is married to a person that he should not be married to. Like, if he can't see the writing on the wall that she is trying to embody his mother, even when he told a story about she said she was going to commit suicide while she was pregnant and that she was having suicidal thoughts. And you can see in everything that she does, she tries to put this pressure on him of like, well, look what happened to your mom. Like, it, that could happen to me unless you, we do exactly what I want, which is to move back to Los Angeles and to be the A-list actress that I never was and to be in those circles. And I think that she's manipulated him using the death of his mother, which is so creepy and so scary. And I think that he's got some weird maternal syndrome with her and that he thinks that he can somehow save his mother by doing everything and making sure that um, Megan is happy. I do think that if she was alive, she would... Okay. Let me see. I think there was something else I wanted to say. I think that, I think that's about it. Yeah, I think I think that's about it. Okay. Now let me drink this tea. And you know, before I continue, I'm gonna say some things, and some people may not like them. And if you do not like them, feel free to click out this video, or we can discuss this like like adults but i'm going to be saying my own opinion because this is my podcast 
first of all, Prince Harry is full of shit. Okay. That thing about how many people he killed in Afghanistan, the real reason I think he's trying to walk that back is the Taliban, which has retook over Afghanistan um, starting in 2021, they retook it and, you know, done put very forceful, you know, you know, Al-Qaeda, you know, you know, rules in place have threatened him saying that, you know, he's committed um, blasphemy by bragging about how many of how many of their members he've killed. And that's why I think he's taking that back because, you know, it's a very dangerous situation. They said if he comes anywhere in the Middle East, they will kill him. That's the real reason I'm thinking, you know, I'm think he took it back. And again, he's trying to blame the press for reporting on that when there are multiple passages in that book where he does brag about it. He was bragging. Okay, I read I read the passage online. He was bragging. You know, and then for this other part about the racism thing, that to me was bullshit as well, where, you know, he denied that him or Megan called the royal family racist. Okay, they sat their ass in front of Oprah and damn near cried about how someone told them they better hope that their child wasn't dark-skinned and whatnot. Now, mind you, they couldn't say the person's name, you know, which makes me think that person does not exist. And, you know, Megan was over here discussing, you know, how she didn't realize how difficult it was being black until she married Harry, which, you know, I'm just rolling my eyes at that, too. You know, so for him to say we never called the royal family racist, I'm sorry, that's bullshit too, because you have. You've implied they were racist. You've implied that your brother and his wife, you know, don't like Megan because she's half black. You've implied that your your grandmother, Queen Elizabeth, had a problem with Megan because, you know, she's an actress who's from Hollywood. And again, she comes from a very different background. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, it's just bullshit. And yeah, people have bought the book, but the response it's been getting has been overwhelmingly negative. Okay. And what's amazing to me, just that that guy said that Harry has made people like the royal family even more, and I'm seeing that. When Queen Elizabeth died um, in December of last year, there was very mixed reactions across the world to her death because, you know, a lot of people have negative views about the royal family. You know, even people in Ireland and Scotland, you know, some people were ticketed and fined because, you know, over there, freedom of speech is different. Like, they have different rules than America. You can't really say what you want. A lot of people were ticketed and fined and some people were put in jail for, you know, what they said about the queen when she died. Some of those same people are now defending William and Kate and Charles and are tired of Harry's bullshit. That to me is astonishing. You know, I mean, you know, I've seen videos of William and Kate when they go to their little hospital visit, when they do their little, you know, tours of the kingdom getting standing ovations. Even though, you know, at the wedding, I mean, not the wedding, the funeral of the, of the queen, some they were getting booed. Now they're getting standing ovations because William and Kate have handled this very well. They don't, even though some people say they're very angry, they don't say that in public. They smile in public. 
they don't comment on Harry and Meghan. Even at the funeral, you know, William and Kate kept their distance and were very cordial. You know, what, what, what was very interesting to me at that funeral, and it's very interesting that all this comes after the funeral, Harry was heartbroken at that funeral. I mean, he was crying. He looked defeated. You know, he did. And, you know, you, you did notice there was a big wedge between him and his whole family. And there are times where it looked like he wanted to reach out to his family. But I think I think they just they were just done with him. And, you know, from the stuff that's coming out in this book, I understand. Okay, when I look at Prince Harry and just from what I've read from the book, I do see someone who does have a mental issue. I do. I think Prince Harry should have saw a regular therapist. Really, I think him and William should have seen a therapist together. You know, because William, I think, handles things very differently than Harry. You know, I do think Prince Harry is very jealous of William. I think even though they used to be real close growing up, you know, you know, they have a regular brother relationship. Usually the younger brother is jealous of the older brother. Okay, I have an older brother, even though he's my half brother. There were times where I was jealous of him. It's normal. But, you know, because they grew up in the public eye and their mother died in such a tragic way, I think Harry never really bounced back from that. And again, you know, William handles things differently. But I do think Prince Harry is jealous of William. I also think Harry has never fit in with the family. And I also think that he doesn't really believe Charles is his father. You know, that rumor that Diana slept with that other guy and that's really Harry's father. I mean, I've looked at the pictures and it does make sense that that's Harry's real father. And a part of me thinks Harry believes that as well. Because let, let's be clear. Okay, kids, kids hear stuff and notice stuff. And I don't know, I think Harry has internalized all that and it has led out to this hostility between his brother and his father. Now, I think it's backfired on Harry greatly because he's pissed off a lot of people. And, you know, him and Megan's marriage, in my personal opinion, is not going to last. When I look at, you know, William and Kate, I think that that's going to last forever. They move the same. They're on the same page. You know, you don't hear, there's no drama about them. I've never heard no one say any drama about them. There was a rumor that he cheated on her. But again, you know, people don't, a lot of people said that was BS. There was no proof. And Harry talks about that in his book that, you know, a lot of what William did as a young man was swept under the rug, but a lot of his stuff was put all out on display. And I'm like, you know, you know, if William did dirt, he did it away from cameras. Like I remember when I was in middle school and there was pictures of Prince Harry, you know, all in strip clubs, you know, doing Nazi salutes and and doing all sorts of stuff. And you know, if you're gonna act the fool and be buck wild, at least do it away from cameras. You know, it's, the, the, the young man needs help. He really does, especially since he's a father himself. And I really hate that, you know, William and 
Harry's kids might end up having bad blood between each other and may not know each other as a result of this. Because like I said, you know, Harry and Meghan, I just don't think that's going to last. I could be wrong. I don't think that's going to last. I've seen clips from their Netflix show. They have absolutely no chemistry. Harry looks like a captive. Sometimes he just be looking at Megan like, what do you want me to say? All Megan does is cry about dumb stuff. And you know, my friend got mad at me because when they first got engaged and I was just looking at people's reactions to it, a lot of, you know, one thing that stuck out to me was this, no, not one person has anything nice to say about this girl. And that to me is very telling. Her own family has nothing nice to say about her. And over the years, the more she talks, the more I see why a lot of people don't have anything nice to say about her. Because a lot of her problems are just not problems. You know, she even tried to compare herself to Nelson Mandela, which I thought was so disrespectful. You know, it's like she always plays this victim game. And I'm like, girl, you're not a victim. And she always brings other people's names up in conversation to justify what she does. And I'm sorry, it just doesn't work that way. You know, I don't know how this story ends, but I'm just like, you know, Harry, Harry needs to get it together. Because if that marriage ends, I don't know if, if William and Kate gonna be as forgiving or Charles for that matter or even the country. And the saddest part is a lot of people, they, a lot of people in the UK, you know, loved Harry. Harry was a beloved figure. And even looking at that funeral, I think Harry loved that country too, because he was very emotional at his grandmother's death. Very emotional. And on that note, I'm your boy D, and thank you for listening to this piping hot tea.